Chapter Eight of Eyebright by Susan Coolidge. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Lynn Thompson. Chapter Eight, Cozy Island. When Eyebright awoke next morning, she ran straight to the window with the hope that she might see Cozy Island, but the window did not look toward the sea, only a barn, a bit of winding road and a green hill with a rocky top were to be seen and she dropped the paper shade with a sense of disappointment dressing herself as fast as she could she ran downstairs mrs downs who was frying fish in the kitchen pointed with a spoon in answer to her question and said it's up that way the island is but tain't much to look at it's too far for you to see the house eyebright didn't particularly care about seeing the house she was satisfied with seeing the island there it lay long and green raised high out of the blue sea like a wall with the water washing its stony shore there seemed to be a good many trees and bushes on top and altogether she thought it a beautiful place and one where a little girl might be happy to live you ain't the folks that's coming to live up to the island be you said mrs downs do tell if you are we heard there was someone there hain't been nobody there for quite a spell back not since the lots went away last year Joe Blot he farmed it for a while but miss lots father he was took sick over to Machias and they moved up to look after him and nobody's been there since unless the boys for blueberries I guess your pa'll find plenty to do to get things straightened out and so will the rest of you there isn't any rest but me do tell now ain't you any ma no said eyebright sadly mother died last november you poor little thing cried kind mrs downs and hain't you got no brothers and sisters either no not any at all why you'll be lonesome i'm afraid up to the island you never lived in such a sort of place before did you oh no we always lived in tunxet but i don't believe i shall be lonesome it looks real pretty from here why is it called cozy island mrs downs well i'm sure i don't know folks always called it that i never thought to ask nobody perhaps he'll know when he comes in he was mr downs but he knew no more than his wife about the name of the island mr bright however was better informed he told them that the name in the first place was causeway from the natural path uncovered at each low tide which connected it with the shore and that this had gradually been changed to causey because it was easier to pronounce eyebright was rather disappointed at this explanation i thought it was cozy she said because the island was cozy mr downs gave a great laugh at this but papa patted her head kindly and said we'll see if we can't make it so eyebright the tide would not serve for crossing the causeway till the afternoon but mr downs offered to put them over in his boat without waiting for that it was arranged that they should come back for the night and mrs downs packed some bread and cheese and doughnuts in a basket to serve them as dinner eyebright took the basket on her arm and ran down to the shore in high spirits it was a lovely day the sea was as blue as the sky and as the boat pushed off little ripples from the incoming tide struck the pebbly beach 
with swift flashes of white like gleaming teeth and a gay little splash so like a laugh that eyebright laughed too and showed her teeth what are you smiling at asked her father i don't know she answered in a tone of dreamy enjoyment i like it here papa near as the island looked it took quite a long time to reach it though mr downs pulled strongly and steadily it was very interesting as each stroke took them nearer and nearer and showed more and more distinctly what their future home was like the trees which at first had seemed a solid green mass became distinct shapes of pines hemlocks and sumacs a little farther and openings appeared between them through which open spaces on top could be seen bushes a field and yes actually a little brown patch which was the house there it was and eyebright held genevieve up that she might see it too that's our house my child she whispered aren't you glad but my don't it look small it was small smaller even than it looked as they found when after saying good-bye to mr downs and getting directions for crossing the causey they climbed the steep path which led to the top and came out close to the house mr bright gave a low whistle as he looked at it and eyebright opened her eyes wide it's a comfort that we're not a large family isn't it she said quaintly i'm almost glad now that wealthy didn't come papa wouldn't she say it was little littler than miss fitch's schoolhouse i do believe the front door was fastened only by a large cobweb left by some industrious spider of last year so it was easy to make their way in there was no entrance hall the door opened directly into a square kitchen from which opened two smaller rooms one had shelves round it and seemed to be a sort of pantry or milk room as they went into the other a trickling sound met their ears and they saw a slender stream of clear spring water running into a stone sink the sink never seemed to get any fuller but the water ran on and on and there was no way to stop it as eyebright found after a little examination isn't that splendid she cried it just runs all the time and we shan't have to pump or anything i do like that so much then as if the sound made her thirsty she held her head under the spout and took a good long drink do taste it it's the best water that ever was she declared this spring water always at hand was the only luxury which the little house afforded all the rest was bare and plain as could be upstairs there were two small chambers but they were more like chicken coops than bedrooms for the walls made of lathes not yet plastered were full of cracks and peep-holes and the staircase which led to them resembled a ladder more than was desirable there was plenty of sunshine everywhere for there were no blinds and the sweet yellow light made a cheerfulness in the place forlorn as it was eyebright did not think it forlorn she enjoyed it very much as though it had been a new doll's house and danced about gleefully planning where this should go and that how papa's desk should have a corner by the window and her little chair by the other and the big mahogany table which wealthy had persuaded them to bring by the wall she showed a good deal of cleverness and sense in their arrangement 
and papa was well content that things should be as she liked we must have the upstairs rooms plastered i suppose he said that'll require some time i'm afraid plaster takes so long to dry we must arrange to wait at mr downs's for a week or two i bright he sighed as he spoke and sat down on the doorstep his elbows on his knees his chin in his hands looking tired and discouraged oh must we cried eyebright her face falling this won't be nice a bit papa i've got an idea don't plaster the walls let me fix them i'll make them real nice just as nice as can be if you will and then we shan't have to wait at all why what can you do with them how do you mean demanded her father oh papa it's a secret i'd rather not tell you i'd rather have it a surprise mayn't i papa demurred but eyebright coaxed and urged and at last he said well i don't care about it one way or the other try your idea if you like eyebright it will amuse you perhaps and anything will do for the summer we can plaster in the fall i don't believe you'll want to remarked eyebright shaking her head mysteriously my way is much prettier than plaster just you wait and see papa i'm sure you'll like it but papa seemed downhearted and it was not easy to make him smile to tell the truth the look of the farm was rather discouraging he kicked the earth over with his foot and said the soil was poor and everything seemed run down but eyebright would not give in to this view at all it was a lovely place she insisted and she ran about discovering new beauties and advantages every moment now it was a thicket of wild roses just budding into leaf next a patch of wintergreen with white starry blossoms and red berries then peeping over the bank she called papa's attention to a strip of pebbly beach on the side of the island next the sea here's where we can take baths she said why i declare here's a path down to it i guess the people who used to live here made it don't you oh do come and see the beach papa it was a rough little path which led to the beach and overgrown with weeds but they made their way down without much trouble and eyebright trampled the pebbles underfoot with great satisfaction isn't it splendid she cried see that great stone close to the bank papa we can go behind there to dress and undress it's a real nice place i'm going to call it the dressing-room how wide the sea is on this side and what is that long point of land papa for the island lay within a broad curving bay one end of the curve projected only a little way but toward the north a long cape-like tongue of land with a bold hilly outline ran out to sea and made a striking feature in the landscape those are the guinness hills said mr bright canada begins just the other side of them do you see those specks of white on the point that is malachi and in the summer there is a steamboat once a week from there to portland we can see it passed in clear weather mr downs says that will be nice said eyebright comfortably i'm glad we've got a beach of our own papa aren't you now i want to look about some more to the left of the house the ground rose in a low knoll whose top was covered with sassafras bushes this was the source of the spring 
whose water ran into the back kitchen they came upon it presently and could trace the line of spouts each made of a small tree trunk halved and hollowed out which led it from the hill to the house following these along eyebright made the discovery of a cubby a veritable cubby left by some child in a choice and hidden corner formed by three overlapping moosewood bushes the furniture except for a table made of three shingles consisted entirely of corn cobs but it was a desirable cubby for all that and would be a pleasant outdoor parlor for genevieve in hot days eyebright thought it made the island seem much more homelike to know that other children had lived there and played under the trees and cheered by this idea she became so merry that gradually papa brightened too and began to make plans for his farming operations with more heart than he had hitherto shown deciding where to plant corn and where potatoes and where their little vegetable garden would better be i suppose it's no use to try for fruit he said the climate is too cold not too cold for blueberries eyebright replied there are lots of them mrs downs said and lots of cranberries and mr downs's brother has got an apple tree an apple tree dear dear thinking of getting to a place where people only have one apple tree muttered mr bright by the time that they had made the circuit of the island it was twelve o'clock this was dinner time eyebright declared and she produced the lunch basket mrs downs's bread had yellow specks of saleratus in it and was very different from wealthy's delicious loaves but they were too hungry to criticize though eyebright shook her head over it and thought with satisfaction of the big parcel of yeast powder which she and wealthy had packed up she knew exactly where it was in the corner of a certain red box and that reminded her to ask papa when the boxes would be likely to come they are due at this moment he replied i suppose we may look for them at any time now mr downs says there have been headwinds for this week past and i presume that has kept the sloop back perhaps she may come to-day i do hope she will i want dreadfully to begin and fix the house doesn't it seem a great while since we left tunxit papa i can't believe that it is only three days so much has happened the tide had been going out since eleven o'clock and by four when they were ready to cross the causeway was uncovered it was a wide pathway of sand not flat and even all the way but high in some places and low in others with shells and pebbles shining here and there on its surface it was like a beach except for being narrower and having water on both sides instead of on only one the sand was still wet enough to make good hard footing and eyebright skipped gaily over it declaring that she felt just like the children of israel in the middle of the red sea it's so strange to think that just a little while ago this was all water she said and just a little while longer and it will be all water again it is the most interesting thing we've got on our island i think papa but it makes me feel a little afraid too there's nothing to be afraid of if you're only careful not to come here except when the tide is going out said her father now remember this eyebright you must never try to cross when the tide is rising even if the sand looks perfectly dry and the water seems a good way off 
the sea comes in very fast up here on these northern shores and if you made a misstep and sprained your ankle or had an accident of any kind you might be drowned before anyone could come to your help remember my child yes papa i will said eyebright looking rather nervously at the water it was slipping farther away every moment and seemed the most harmless thing in the world but papa's words made her feel as if it were a dangerous and deceitful creature which could not be trusted it was over a mile from the causeway to the village though at first sight the distance looked much less plodding along the sandy shore was slow work so that they did not reach the village till nearly six a smell of frying met them as they entered the door mrs downs wishing to do them honor was making blueberry flapjacks for tea did any of you ever eat blueberry flapjacks i imagine not unless you have summered on the coast of maine they are a kind of greasy pancake in which blueberries are stirred till the cakes are about the color of a bruise they are served swimming in melted butter and sugar and in any other place or air would be certain indigestion if not sudden death to any person partaking of them but somehow in that place and that air they are not only harmless but seem quite delicious as well eyebright thought so she ate a great many flapjacks thought them extremely nice and slept like a top afterward with never a bad dream to mar her rest a big gray sail at the wharf was the glad sight that met their eyes when they came down next morning the sloop had come in during the night with all mr bright's goods on board he had hoped that it might be possible to land them on the island but the captain said it was out of the question he couldn't get near enough for one thing and if he could he wouldn't for how were heavy things like them to be dumped on a shelving bank like that he'd like to know so the goods were landed on the dock at scrapplehead and mr downs undertook to find an ox team to draw them across the causeway at low tide getting oxen was not an easy matter at that season of the year but mr downs who had taken a fancy to his lodgers bestirred himself and at last found some one willing to let his yoke go in consideration of a dollar and a quarter so at exact low tide the great cart piled with boxes and barrels creaked slowly across the sandy bar mr downs driving and papa walking behind with eyebright who was more than ever reminded of the crossing of the red sea it took much lugging and straining and jeeing and hawing to get the load up the steep bank on the other side but all arrived safely at last in front of the house there the cart was unloaded as fast as possible a few things set indoors the rest left outside and getting into the cart they all drove back across the causeway it was harder work than when they came for the tide was rising and the sand had grown soft and yielding one great swirling wave ran up and curled around the oxen's hoofs just as they reached firm ground but though eyebright gave a little scream and mr downs frowned and said by gosh no harm was done and the momentary fright only made pleasanter their arrival to scrapplehead which they reached just as the sun sank for the night into a great soft-looking bed of purple and crimson clouds this was their last night with the downs family 
Early next morning they started for the island in Mr. Downs's boat taking with them their last bundles and bags and Mrs. Downs who had kindly offered to give them a day's help Very helpful it proved for there was everything to do Mr. Bright like all men wanted to do everything at once and Eyebright was too inexperienced to know what should come first and what second so mrs. Downs's good sense and advice were of great value Under her directions the bedrooms were swept and cleaned and the bedsteads put together first of all For as she said you've got to sleep anyhow and if you don't do it comfortable you'll be sick and that would never do Next while Eyebright swept the kitchen she and mr. Bright got the stove into place fixed the pipe and lighted a fire after which mrs. Downs scoured the pantry shelves and unpacked china and tins There she said surveying the rest with great satisfaction that begins to look folksy What's sewed up in that old comforter a rocking chair? Let's have it out So the rocking chair was unsewed and papa's desk and the big table were unpacked and as each familiar article came to view Eyebright felt as though an old friend were restored to her She patted the arm of her own little chair and put the plaided cover from the old sitting-room over the table with a sense of cheer and comfort She and papa and mrs. Downs dined on bread and cheese in the intervals of work and by five o'clock They were very fairly in order and mrs. Downs made ready to go back to her own family Eyebright walked with her as far as the causeway and parted with a hearty kiss Mrs. Downs seemed like a second wealthy almost she had been so kind and thoughtful all that busy day Papa was sitting in the rocking chair by the stove when she went back She stopped to kiss him as she passed and proceeded to set the table and get supper Mrs. Downs had started them with a supply of bread butter and milk but the tea and sugar came out of one of the tungsit boxes and so did the tumbler of currant jam opened in honor of the occasion Wealthy had made it and it seemed to taste of the pleasant old times Eyebright did not care to think much about wealthy just then the tide was drawing over the causeway cutting them off from everybody else in the world She felt lonely and the least bit afraid in spite of papa's being there and only keeping very busy till bedtime saved her from homesickness Which she felt would be a bad beginning indeed for that first evening in her new home Next morning was fair all the days had been good so far Which was fortunate for a half-settled house is a dismal place enough in rainy weather Eyebright opened her eyes and after one bewildered stare began to laugh for through the slats of her coop she could distinctly see papa half-dressed and brushing his hair in his on the other side of the entry This was not to be endured so after breakfast while he went to the village for some provisions She set to work with great energy on her plan for reforming the bedroom walls This was to cover them with picture papers There was an abundance of material for that purpose at hand for her mother had taken Harper's Bazaar and Frank Leslie's illustrated for several years and as she saved all the back numbers a large pile had collected which wealthy had carefully packed These eyebright sorted over setting aside all the pictures of cows and statesmen and steamboats and railroad chains for papa's room and keeping the kittens and dogs and boys and girls and babies for her own 
She fastened the papers to the lathes with tacks, and the ceilings were so low that she was able to do all but the very top row herself. That she was forced to leave for papa. So hard did she work that the whole of his room was done before he appeared, climbing the path with a big bundle under one arm, a basket in his hand, and looking very warm and tired. It's a hard pull up the shore, he said, wiping his forehead. I shall have to get a boat whether I can afford it or not, I'm afraid. It'll be worse when hot weather comes, and there'll always be the need of going over to the village for something or other. A boat! cried Eyebright, clapping her hands. Oh, papa, that would be splendid. I can learn to row it my own self, can't I? It'll be as nice as a carriage of our own. Nicer, for we shan't have to catch the horse or feed him either. Now, papa, let me carry the basket and oh do come quick i want to show you how beautifully i have done your bedroom papa liked the bedroom very much he was glad to be saved the expense and delay of plastering only he said he was afraid he should always be late to breakfast because he should want to lie in bed and study his picture gallery which joke delighted eyebright highly it was several days before she had time to attend to her own papering for there was a great deal else to do boxes to unpack places to settle and outside work to begin mr bright hired a man for one week to plough and plant and split wood after that he thought he could keep things in running order by himself he had been brought up on a farm but years of disuse had made him stiff and awkward at such labour and he found the work harder than he had expected Eyebright was glad to see the big woodpile grow. It had a cosy look to her, and gradually the house was beginning to look cosy too. The kitchen, with its strip of carpet and easy chairs and desk, made quite a comfortable sitting room. Eyebright kept a glass of wild roses or buttercups or white daisies always on the table. She set up a garden of her own too after a while, and raised some balsams and johnny jump-ups from seeds which Mr. Downs gave her and some golden-brown coreopsis. As for the housekeeping, it fared better than could have been expected with only a little girl of thirteen to look after things. Once a week, a woman came from the village for the day, and half a dollar, did the washing and part of the ironing, roasted a joint of meat if there was one to roast, made a batch of pies, perhaps, or a pan of gingerbread, and scoured the pots and pans and the kitchen floor. This lightened the work for the next seven days, and left Eyebright only vegetables and little things to cook, and the ordinary cleaning, bed-making, and dusting to do, which she managed very well on the whole, though sometimes she got extremely tired, and wished for Wealthy's strong hands to help her. Milk and butter came from Mr. Downs's every other day, and Papa was very good and considerate about his food, and quite contented with a dinner of potatoes or mush, if nothing better was to be had so the little housekeeper did not have any heavy burden on her mind so far as he was concerned the boat proved a great comfort when it came which was not till more than a month after their settlement on cozy island eyebright took regular rowing lessons and practised diligently so that after a few weeks she became really expert and papa could trust her to go alone as far as the village when the weather was fair and the sea smooth these rows to and fro were the greatest treats and refreshments after housework 
Sometimes it happened that her errands kept her till sunset and she floated home on the incoming tide Just dipping the oars gently in now and then and carried along by the current and a singing wind Which followed close behind and pushed the boat on its way These were Eyebright's real playtimes She kept a story going about a princess and a boat and some water fairies and a water prince and whenever the chance came for a solitary row she acted it by herself in the old pleasant way always wishing that bessie or some other girl could be along to play it with her another girl someone to share work and fun waking and sleeping with her that was all which was wanted she thought to make cozy island as pleasant as tunxet end of chapter eight